God still moves. God still moves in the heart of His people. God still moves. He does not sleep. Oh, does He slumber? God still moves. Oh, God still moves. Sing that again. God still moves. Oh, God still moves. In the heart of His people, God still moves. He does not sleep. Oh, does He slumber God still moves oh God still moves you believe that? sing it one more time God still moves oh God still moves in the of his people God still he does not sleep nor does he slumber God still moves oh God, God still, still such a wonderful spirit here tonight really appreciate the Holy Spirit just being in our midst the way he is just want to say it's good to be in the house of the Lord tonight we're looking forward to this weekend we've got meetings with our brother Wendell Martin so that is Friday at 730 for everyone 6 p.m. on Saturday for everyone and then also 10 a.m. on Sunday for everyone, and there's no Sunday night service. So part of us being ready for the weekend and the services, we want to prepare our hearts tonight. So we're going to do that, maybe just take the service in a little different direction. But let's just, um, uh, that's all the, you know what, let's sing one more song. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, if you can do that. <clears throat> Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true, with Thank you. 
we bow our heads together. Heavenly Father, just in the sacredness of the moment, Lord, just sensing your Holy Spirit here in a special way. Father, we just come before you. The song that we've just sung, Lord, it's been your desire to indwell man. And Father, sometimes the greatest obstacle is us ourselves. For Lord, more than we could desire you, you first desired us. Father, we want to respond to that this evening. We want to just put things aside. We want to focus on you. Put the things of the day uh, in, into the side. And Lord, now this little while that we're together, Lord, it's between us and you. Father, deal with our hearts. Prepare our hearts. Father, we're here for you. Lord, we're asking you that you'll now just take us, each one, into your hands. Bless the words we're about to hear. Granted, Father, we give ourselves to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'll invite you to go to the book of First Chronicles, chapter 29. First Chronicles, chapter 29. As we prepare for this weekend and the services we've had, we enjoyed the service last week. That was somewhat an unscheduled special speaker, and uh, sometimes that happens. But it, it was a good happening. It was a blessing, and uh, we're thankful for it. So we, we just now prepare for this weekend. First Chronicles 29. The context here is David is now uh, giving succession to Solomon. And uh, he sees the enormity of the work. You can feel free to read this. But he says the work is great and Solomon is young. He is tender. And he says this is the work of the Lord. This is not just Solomon taking my place. This is God's kingdom unfolding. And so David just begins to make preparation. He prepares uh, goods and riches and plans and instructions but let's just drop it right down it wasn't just for Solomon but go to verse 18 and he says this O Lord God of Abraham Isaac and of Israel our fathers keep forever in the imagination sorry keep forever I'm, I'm trying to turn the page and I'm flipping to keep forever in the imagination of the thoughts of the heart of thy people and prepare their heart unto thee. I'll also just read in um, Proverbs chapter 16. Proverbs 16. Verse 1. The preparations of the heart in man and the answer of the tongue is uh, from the Lord. All the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes but the Lord weigheth the spirits. Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. God bless you. May have your seats. I'll just give this a simple title tonight. It'll be called Preparation. I won't speak very long. Uh, in fact, I won't be doing all the speaking, but we'll just call it that. Um, as I said, I'm, I'm looking for us to prepare our hearts for the weekend. And as we do that, I think uh, it was Frank Bartleman that once said, 
and, and uh, the depth of or the measure of any revival is based on the depth of repentance or, or the, the heart as we prepare ourselves. And I will say we are in a busy world, and in the busy world we have, we find ourselves rushing here and rushing there, and if we're not rushing physically, we are occupied and our minds are going from one thing to the next thing to the next thing, and we become uh, a product of the environment around us. And as the Lord had laid on my heart early in the year, that those influences are not just in a natural realm, but they come into our midst sometimes. And we have more access to services, internet, churches, tapes. Uh, we were discussing the other day uh, with Brother Simon how when the message first came out, uh, you would have a reel-to-reel -reel tape. It would come to a home. You'd gather a number of people together to listen to that message. And people be knocking at the door. When are you finished? Because we want that tape. And today we have more tapes. And let me just say, not even tapes so much because we went from reel to reel to cassette. We went uh, to uh, DVDs and now we've gone to even phones and digital. We have more access today. And I am concerned that we have less value for the message than when it first came in. And I say we need to establish that value in our hearts before God because it is God speaking to us. So with all the things that go on in the world around us, and as I just really felt the Lord laid it on my heart at the beginning of the year, on the thought of turn not to the right or to the left. And that has to be established as a principle in our individual walk. It has to be in families and it has to be in homes. And I would say that you, we need to focus because we can become just surfers of that service, that service, that service. And it's superficial and we miss the depth of God speaking to us. And I want to be able to hear God speak to me. So I, I think it's very important, and, and I would just say it's very important that we, as, as we say, we come to service even early and prepare our hearts to hear what God says, because if our minds don't slow down and our hearts don't slow down, we become just, just moving, moving, and the Word is not able to penetrate the way God wants it to. And I will say, even in regards to the meetings, and I'm looking forward to the meetings. I'm just looking forward to down-home singing, down-home preaching, because that's the kind of brother Brother Wendell is. And I, but I'm beyond that. I'm looking for, Lord, I don't want to be caught up in the emotion. I don't want to just be caught up in the atmosphere of the church. I desire that you come down and minister to my heart about where I've got to go and what I've got to do. And I, I want that to be our focus. So the way um, we, we want to take this today, and like I said, this is the challenge of the day. I'm going to take this from a message Brother Branham spoke in 1953 called Preparation. Before God does anything, he always prepares for it. Before we go over to fight a war, first we have to prepare for that war. 
If you're going to get married, you have to prepare for that time. There should have been more amens. And it says, you have preparation. And when you come to church, you made preparations. So God always prepares the people for the events that's just about to happen. God doesn't bring warning without judgment. But I say God also, you know, when we we're talking about this, I, I desire that we have a depth, not just of the word, but of the spirit. And then I, I'm, I'm, I'm being, I, I'm really wanting to bring this across, friends. I desire that we move in a greater depth of spirit with God. Because God is doing things. And you can experience it up here. You can experience it down here, here, here. But there's a depth to God that he's desiring for his bride. And, and I'm not just talking intellectual deep. I'm talking a quality where your thought life, where your words, and where everything is governed by God. That's where we're desiring to come to. Where he's got us and we got him. That's our desire. Now, he would say, now I believe, Brother Branham is saying in the next paragraph, that the people are in the preparation of the last great destruction this world will ever know. I believe we're at the end. You can speak to people. You can put a Billy Graham in every city in the United States, and they'll drink whiskey and smoke cigarettes and laugh at you and everything else just the same. God's spirit is lifting off the earth, friends. The age that we would live in where there was a measure of godliness among people is gone. The only godliness, I believe, is in the people that are in relationship with God. And the bride of Christ is one of those. And there's, a, there's something around the saints of God that emanates from their walk with God. Brother Bram says, they are, they'll laugh at you, they'll do all kinds of things. This is not to get too far into it. The COVID has, did not have um, a lot of the events the world was used to. And one of the worldwide events was the Grammys just held a few days ago. And the Grammys were released, and friends, it's like hell was unleashed. Their songs were songs like Unholy. Their songs were demonic. Their songs were everything coming from hell. And I'm just looking at what's going on. I'm saying, friends, we, if that's the state of the world, what's our state? I believe we need to lift the standard in our walk with God. Now he says, they are in the spirit of the last days. And God cannot send destruction before the people are in the spirit for destruction. God never did destroy anything. Man always destroys himself. Neither can God send, bring about a rapture unless there's a people looking for it. And then we can be looking at a lot of things, but I believe even so, Lord Jesus, come. That ought to be an ache in your heart. That's not just, okay, yeah, because of these. It ought to resonate down here. Listen, I'm not bawling anybody. I'm just saying, I, I, I feel an urgency for that. 
And that's, that's my desire in it. Now, I want to just, just a couple more thoughts here. I think our individual walk, church is just an extension of it. When we come to church, when we come to special meetings, I believe we've prayed, we've put our supplication, and, and look at the word supplication. It's not just uttering a repetitive prayer. Supplication is something you're constantly putting before God. I, I, we could look across this room, and we all have loved ones that have needs. We have those that are not in where they should be. And I believe we're praying for them and we're looking to God. But I believe we begin to bring a supplication. As we talked about Resba, she didn't, she didn't just do a one-time thing. It was continual. And I believe we, we come to such a place that that act moved King David. Our acts move our king. And I desire to see that. So I, I would just say we need to make preparation. Just like David is telling Solomon to make preparation. There's, I had a number of quotes I could have read on this, but I, I, I just, I didn't go there. And, and, and I, I won't go there. I'll just, I'm not going to even open that up. I was, I was looking at a couple of quotes that I wanted to share. And I thought, well, I'm going to play a portion of a tape because I believe that's very important as well. It's not good enough to just come up here and say, you know what? You need to play tapes. I think we're going to do it from here also. And I want to do that tonight. And I want to play a small portion. And the order of the service will be I'll play a small portion of tape. And then what I'd like us as we're doing it, I want us just to begin to think ahead and prepare. Even for the weekend, Lord, I'm preparing my heart. I want to, I want to make everything right. I want nothing to hinder you. And so I'm going to play a portion. And as I was playing this portion and I just looked at it and I thought, yeah, I think I'd like to play that. I kept going back to another quote I wanted to read. And as I went back to the quote and I looked at it and I marveled at it because the portion I wanted to play was from a morning service and the quote that kept coming to me was from the evening service. And I didn't even know that those two were played on the same day, the same year, not, nothing. It's just what God laid on my heart. So what I'm going to do is I'm playing a small portion of a message Brother Branham preached in 1958, and it's called Hear His Voice. And we're going to play just a small portion of that. It's the beginning of the service, and I think it's important. Then we're going to play the portion from the evening service, which is God Called Man. And both of these, now I, I want you to think about the season of the message that we're in. God has invested much into the messenger. He brought him through a whole school to bring him up just to the point where he could deliver the message that we're carrying right now. And he's also invested in your life, in your family, and I believe he's bringing us to something. So I believe it behooves us, you know, before we just jump into this, just the emotion of the weekend, I just want to take a step back. Say, okay, Lord, I, I, I now, I, there's things that maybe I've ignored. Maybe there's things I need, that you need to deal with me. Maybe there's things in my family. Maybe there's things, there's somebody that needs healing. But I want you to hold those things. And after we play these two portions, I just want us to have a little time of prayer. The, the order will be, we'll just, we'll play these tapes, just sing a song. 
We'll have a time of prayer. And it's not going to be maybe like our regular prayer meeting where we, we just all call out for different needs. I want tonight maybe just our focus to be more on just prepare me, Lord, and be quiet before you. And Lord, I want to hear what you have to say to me. So, Brother Mark, if you can play this, this first one, and then uh, if we have to have a little, just a little break between the second clip. Is this all right, friends? I believe God wants to speak to us. Okay? I, I really feel this on my heart. So let's just go ahead with that. Of God, hearing his voice in that day was a rare thing. See, there was no open vision. And it was a rare thing, the real voice of God. Because the people had gotten away, they had a church in that day that just didn't follow the commandments of the Lord. They had a, a minister by the name of Eli. And he had got away from God, but just teaching the precepts of what the people wanted to believe. If that isn't parallel to this day. He just taught the people and he, he uh, took his choice ones and he had his sons to take the best of the flesh from the, the hooks out of the, the offering and it just become a place where the offering was the main thing. And Samuel just careless about the way that he handled the commandments of the Lord. And the real word of God was a rare thing. That's the way it is today. We go to church and we find the people going in and having some great drive on. Uh, we want to make our denomination this year so many more. Bring your letter from your other church and unite with us. And slogans like a million more and 44 and all such as that trying to outgrow the next denomination. And in doing so, We've let the bars down of the Bible. We've got away and begin to teach different things. The prophets spoke of these days. That when they for teaching would teach the man's doctrine and not God's doctrine. And we've seen so much of that and it's gone on so long until today... The word of the Lord is a rare thing. That someone can come and say, Thus saith the Lord. Now we've had a lot of impersonations of that. Satan is really on the job. And many years gone by, people were afraid to say that unless it was the Lord. But today they just don't care. But it's a rare thing to hear the voice of the Lord. And to find a person that can say, the Lord spoke to me. You notice that amongst the people anymore. 
that they hardly hear of time that when they say the Lord spoke to me. When men and women used to pray all night and their homes were set in order by the book of the Lord and God was first in their home. See, we got too many things ahead of the Lord. You can't have the prayer meeting because Mr. Godfrey's on tonight. You can't have the prayer meeting before we love Susie's on tonight. Or some kind of a foolish nonsense like that that takes up the time. And we don't have time to hear the voice of the Lord. And those who do claim to be Christians... Just kneel down with a little prayer like this kind of homemade. Lord, bless me and my family and take care of us. Good night. And the next morning rise and say, uh, just guide us through the day. Good day. We should wait on the Lord. You see, we do all the talking. We don't give him a chance to talk back to us. That if we would pray and pray until our soul comes into the presence of God. And then just relax and listen to his voice. But there's so many voices today that takes the voice of the Lord away from us. There's a voice of pleasure. So many people are listening to that. Where they can go and have a good time. And many of them are professing to be Christians. Some kind of an old rock and roll coming up. They just can't listen to what God is. They say, well, I'm a Christian. I'll read a verse in the Bible today. Yeah, uh, Jesus wept. <laughs> That's it. Go ahead. To really get down and pray. They got too many other things to do. There's so many voices in the world. So many things to attract our attention from God. And yesterday when the wife and I had run over to the supermarket to get some groceries. And I was hurrying because I was late. With appointments and things and rushing real quick. And there was a little boy standing there half asleep. And a little old girl come along there with some little trousers on that belonged to some man. They had to. Because they were made for man. And the Bible says it's an abomination in the sight of God for a woman to wear it. A lot of this year, a lipstick on, and her eyes about half asleep. She said, where is the so-and-so to that little boy? He said, I expect me to know. She said, you remember, I never got in until 6 o'clock this morning, and she wasn't over 12 years old. Now Jesus at 12, which was our example, said, Don't you know I should be about my father's business? 
No wonder the voice of God is a rare thing today. It's smothered out by so many different voices. So many things that dim and take away. It's got to a place until it dulls our senses. Until we can't hear the voice of God. Our senses of where we are to shake ourselves and realize that you are men and women. And you are the creation of God. And you were put here to serve Him. But Satan's voice and false prophets. Oh, be modern. As I was speaking a few days ago, I was coming to church and I turned my radio on and I heard a program out of Louisville. It said that they were teaching their children in churches to just drink moderately. Making them modern so that they won't go to the excess. Oh, they need to teach them Christ, not drinking. And that will wreck and ruin and damn any home. How could the voice of God speak among a family that's half sows with whiskey and their minds paralyzed with smoking and drinking and all night long carousing. Man that waits upon God comes into his presence. And to come into the presence of God is just like going out early of a morning when the dew and the honeysuckles are all sweet. When you come in the presence of a person like that, you know they have been with God. My wife said to me, Coming down this morning, she said, Billy, I don't mean to say this to flower to anybody, but she said, last night, I believe, or one of the nights, she said, I sat by one of the little Amish women. And a little lady with a little cap on her head. She said, and you could tell that woman had been with Jesus. She was sweet. Her soul was mellow. Her eyes were clear. There's nothing, no sin or nothing to hide behind or anything. She'd been in the presence of God. Her senses wasn't dulled by whiskey and tobacco and all kinds of things of the world. She was refreshed from the presence of God, reading her Bible, studying God's Word. But we modern Americans, what we do, and the false prophets behind the pulpit say that's all right. I'm kind of in the notion of saying this. If I'm wrong, God forgive me. But I'm persuaded that a lot of them don't know God. The congregation will never live any higher than this pastor. No wonder the scripture says these shepherds, how they have scattered the flock. Warn to them. They are the branches that bears not fruit, which will be plucked off and burned. 
So many things to dull the senses of the people today. Oh, but in the midst of all that, in spite of every dulling and every voice that's in the world today, some of them pleasure voices, some of them are are sinful voices to lure the people. But in the spite of every bit of that, the truth of God still remains. He that will hear my voice and come after me. Men and women who will hear the voice of God, God still waits to speak to every individual that will open their ears to hear God's voice. If a man who isn't pastor, many times people say, couldn't you do this? Couldn't you run over here? Couldn't you do this? Oh, I love to do it. But I've got to stay in the presence of God if I'm going to do the thing right. Amen. And people say, oh, Brother Branham's one of these isolationists. That's not it. I love people, but there's just thousands of them. But I must stay with him to find out what he'd have me tell him. Somewhere, just listen. He'll have something for you that he wants you to know about. Pastor, don't you never get too busy. But what you can stay in the presence and listen for his voice. God always keeps his word. And no matter how bad the times may be, how much your church may teach against it. Jesus Christ is still willing to speak that still small voice to anybody that will listen for him. He's still ready to do it. If we just quieten ourselves. But we run in flustered and say, say, uh, Pastor, could I join this church? What church do you come from? So and so. Well, bring us your letter. Oh, my. Could I join this church? Oh, yes. Come here forth and we'll sprinkle you a little bit with water and put your name on the book and you get the right hand of fellowship. Well, the Masonic Lodge has got a better order than that. It's true. The Masonic Lodge and all other lodges are all right. But it still isn't the house of God. There's where God speaks. Those lodges try to make him moral. But God makes you righteous to Jesus Christ, His Son. Now, there's a code of ethics to it. God has a new birth for you. But listen to His still small voice. Every one of you people who profess to be Christians, get yourself quiet before Him. Don't let the washing hinder. Don't let the work hinder. Don't let nothing hinder. Don't let nobody know what you're doing. Just go before Him. Get up in the woods somewhere. Get out on the side of the road. Go into the secret closet and close the door. When the kids get to school, there, get down on your knees. You've heard all kinds of voices everywhere. But just get down and stay there until those voices are silenced. And you begin to lift up. It'll change you. It'll make you different. Like it did this little Samuel. It'll do something to you. 
if you'll just do it. Now, it'll make you what you should be. It'll make you the kind of Christian that you ought to be. Now, let's just go back off of this modern day until a day that's past. Let's go back to the days of the early times. And this voice of God has come to man in all walks of life in all ages. No matter if you're a farmer, if you're a shoe cobbler, whatever you may be, God still speaks. If you're a sinner, if you're a prostitute, harlot, if you are a drunkard, if you are what a local church member, nominal, nominal, whatever you might be, the voice of God still waits to speak to you. We hear this cry on the radio and in different places. And coming from sincere hearts, Lord, give us revival in our time. And from letters from Christians around the world, we hear that cry. And it does something to your heart. It's inspiring. It's uplifting. It's quickening to the soul to hear the people of the Lord call for revival. And God has made a promise. If the people that are called in my name shall assemble themselves together and pray, then I'll hear from heaven. And so we tonight want to think on that and remember that in the midst of all this cry, God cannot send a revival till he's got man in shape to take it. We cannot have a revival until we get man. God called man. God trained man. That's not trained up in the schools of theology and of education. But rugged man of faith that God has brought up in the school of his rugged training. Man who are not afraid to face the fire. Man who has come in the presence of God and knows his power and knows his omnipotence. Knows his healing power. Some man that's trained to know the living God. It's all right to train him by the word, but the letter killeth, the spirit giveth life. And before we can have this revival, God has to call out and train man. God trained man. To carry this message. And they don't care what the opposition is. They are willing to go to the fiery furnace in defeat or to the lion's den or wherever it may be. They're ready to go. Because they've been in the presence of God and know that he is. 
Whether it's to victory or defeat, they still stand the same. That's the kind of training God does to man. And it's very strange to think that God would do that. That God trains His man like that. But He does. You know, we have an old song we sing. Some to the waters, some to the floods, some through deep trials, but all through the blood. God leads His people through great trials to purge them. And sometimes it takes years to do it. And as for myself tonight, I believe that right now God is training such man to meet the front line. Men who are going through and times shook from their feet. Sometimes look like the whole thing's falling. But yet in the midst of it all, they know that living God and keep their face forward. Keep moving on. And many people praying for a revival. I wonder if there's sometimes, if those who are praying, if their own prayers don't stop up the wells of blessings. When they're cowardly and afraid to trust God. Afraid to take Him at His word. Afraid to believe that He still lives today. When His Bible plainly says that He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God doesn't call very seldom the smart man, the educated, the intellectual. They play their part. And they're a great man. But usually when God wants the job done, He gets somebody who hardly knows His ABCs. Search the Scriptures. Look through the histories. Man that mounted to something with God were not man who had great educations, but man who well had no education, only a desire in their heart to serve God. He got the plowman, the shepherd, the fisherman, the hunter, those who lived in nature, in that stillness and quietness of nature, there God could speak to them. And that's who He called. And if they find that when He gives a call to a great intellectual, that person finally goes back to his intellectual conceptions. And after a while, when it comes to work in the phenomenal, he's too mixed up with the peoples of the world to accept such. Therefore, he finally results to a denomination and goes on off and makes a minister. And that's all right. And I have nothing against that person that would do that. But when God gets ready to do something in the supernatural realms, he usually gets a man that he can put his trust in and anoints him and sends him out and he's fearless at the job. That's the kind of man we need today. Not polished scholars, but man who know God in the power of his resurrection. For instance, there was a man in the Bible by the name of Moses who had got all of his training. 
He knowed all of the theology. He knew everything that he should know. He, if he didn't need any education, he could teach the masters in Israel or in Egypt. He didn't need one thing. And the Bible tells us that he was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians. Well, he could teach their scholars. He could teach their scientists things. He was keyed to the very point when it come to intellectual. But yet it taken God 40 years to beat all that out of him out there in the sands. And when he got all of his intellectual conceptions of God beat out of him out there in the sands, the metal was ready to be molded over. That's the way God takes his man and beats out all of their fears and all of their intellectuals. And then the great master potter puts them on the wheel and begins to mold them over again. Workman worthy. It's God's man. Who could train a man more than God himself? Watch the way he trains them. We would think again of another by the name of David. God was training David when he's just a little boy. The prophet Samuel come up and poured oil on his head and anointed him because God was going to train David to be a mighty warrior. And look at the training he gave him. I was reading some time ago up here at Greens Mill where I usually go to pray where God said to David, I took you from the sheep coat, from following those few sheep of your fathers out there, and I made you a great name like great man of the earth. And I think of the rugged training he did to David. Never so much as school him in some school, but he schooled him in his own school. David was a hunter and a shepherd. And in the Psalms, he wrote of green pastures and still waters. Because there he was alone by himself. He wasn't contaminated with the things of the world. God has to get a man away from the things of the world. So he can get him quiet. So he can listen to God. That still, small voice. Then once in contact with God, he becomes fearless then. Notice that he don't care what anyone says. He's been in the presence of God. He knows God in the power of his resurrection. And the church said, Amen. Amen. I believe we need more of him. Sister Julia, can you just come? We're just going to just sing a chorus or two. We normally have a prayer meeting. We make a lot of requests known, and we pray for all of those. But I'm not going to do that today. There's requests that we have on our hearts. I'm just going to ask that you keep them to yourself, your prayers. But I want us just to prepare our hearts. And I'm, I'm talking about our spirits and our beings, and I feel there's a great need for us to get our spirits clean before God so he can deal with us.
I, I need it for myself, friends. I, I tell you, there are more pressures on us now than there have ever been before. Friends, I desire that old-fashioned God that when I hear a ruggedness of a prophet that I can say amen to it. When it's wrong and it's wrong, I can repent to it. Not wash it over and not be halfway. But I want the real God to be in our midst. Friends, I don't want somebody to sit here and say I heard everything, but it never touched me. Let it touch us tonight, Lord. Uh, let it touch us this weekend. And maybe it's not just in knowledge, but it just goes down deep where there's a freshness and there's a realness of God. That's my burden. I trust it's your burden. And whatever God has to do, if he has to strip a few layers off of us, I'm ready for that. I want to be ready for that. So the order we'll do, we'll just sing a chorus or two. And I'm going to actually say at that point, you are dismissed, but the service is still ongoing. And you feel to come and pray. I'll tell you what. You be honest and sincere with God, and he'll meet you this weekend. But you need to put in your own request. Don't, don't just rely on the whole church. Lord, I have this need. And Lord, I'm, I'm open. I'm quiet before you. I want to hear you. I want to have a depth of spirit, not just a, a meeting that I can put on the calendar. I want to have you make a difference. That's, that's my burden, friends. It is for all of us, for, for families, for situations, for loved ones, for youth, for the Holy Ghost, whatever you have need of, for healing. Let's, let's do it that way. Brother Ray sang that song earlier. Lord, my heart is open. Let's just sing that again if we can. Lord, my heart is open. Oh. feel that way why don't you just express it to him Lord my heart is open won't you come inside fill up all my being
We're just going to sing, I need thee, I need thee. We'll sing this once, the second time. If you want to come up here and pray, you can pray, you can kneel. You can kneel at your pew, you can sit at your pew, you can stand. But I just want us to take now the last little part of this service to call on God. Okay, and if you want to pray out loud, you want to come up, some of the elders can lead out, some of the sisters can pray out loud. That's, it's all open, we're calling on God. Calling on for this weekend, for our lives, for situations, for the time we live in. It could be just like that. Brother Gideon Retief was gone. We don't know what day it'll be, but we want to be ready. Do you want to be ready? And you know, if you, if you felt you've prayed and you want to just exit and leave, you're welcome to do it. You want to stay and pray, you're welcome to stay and pray. But you just do that on your own accord as the Spirit leads you. We'll just have one more song here. Let's just sing this a couple times. You can begin to make your way as you feel. I need thee, oh, I need thee. the chorus again. You feel free to come. I need 